You don't need to like understand everything listed out in the job description, but just having a good overview or understanding of at least a good percentage of the stacks listed can help you to at least get into the company. Hello and welcome to the Scrimmer podcast. On this weekly show, I speak with successful devs about their advice on learning to code and getting your first junior dev job. I'm Alex and today I'm joined by the inspiring Ineza, a Scrimber student and bootcamp graduate from Canada who just got their first junior developer job. Ineza started his coding journey by coding for hashtag 100 days in a row. You know, imagine pushing a boulder down a hill. It's hard to get it rolling, but once it starts, it doesn't stop. Now Ineza had momentum, he went on to build an impressive looking portfolio and blog, which you can find and learn from in the show notes. Now, when you have momentum, you need direction. Yet, at first, Ineza wasn't too sure about how he'd get a job exactly. In this episode, he shares the advice that made him feel more sure about what approach to take, channel that momentum, and ultimately find success. The really interesting thing is that to be considered for his current position as part of the application process, Ineza had to record a video selfie introduction in which he had to talk about himself and his greatest accomplishments. I don't even know what I would say in that scenario, but we're going to learn from Ineza, so stay tuned for that. You are listening to the Scribber Podcast. Let's get into it. I first came across coding in 2016. I was still in high school and I think I saw one of my friends writing code in the computer classrooms and I was like super interested in what he was doing and of course watching movies about hacking and stuff. It all seemed so cool and you'd want to learn more about it and how it's done. I guess at that point, I think I got into coding through Code Academy and learned like HTML and CSS, the basics. But then like eventually my momentum stopped. It was caused by some factors like school. I'd be like coding and then I stopped like for a month. Then I come back to it six months later or something. Then I believe in 2020 when the pandemic kicked in that's sort of when I was like now I have the time since you know most schools are closed and we're all learning remotely and have basically more time to do anything I want why don't I get back to coding there's this challenge which is always going on Twitter called the 100 days of code uh, whereby you post whatever thing you've learned in coding on that day for example a task you worked on or a project you're working on the sort of accountability post that you're still you know progressing with the challenge i started the challenge together with a friend of mine and i'd send him challenges daily he was doing c plus plus i was doing javascript uh, because it was a bit easier for me that sort of gave me the momentum to keep coding every day and uh, stay active in the community some people see the tweets or follow the hashtag and they're able to like correct you when you've uh, written the wrong code or you know, show you a different way you could have done it. That's sort of how I started learning and discovering new communities. Eventually, after completing the challenge, I then joined the bootcamp that was happening back home in Rwanda. The bootcamp was nine months long. We learned a lot of things, you know, ranging from React, Node.js, to Postgres, MongoDB, basically full stack web development to prepare us for careers. And we also had some months of internship. I guess that's where I sort of got a more in-depth learning of how, you know, software development or web development is done in general. And I believe after completing it or towards the end is probably where I discovered Scrimba 
that's why I was looking for a Tailwind CSS course. That's amazing. You know, I, I'd been looking on YouTube and other websites, but I, I wasn't able to sort of follow videos effectively because I have to like switch from YouTube to VS Code and it can sort of uh, become tiring. With Scrimba, I believe one thing I liked about it, and I even saw the other day they posted a meme whereby the best way to describe Scrimba is if VS Code and YouTube had a child together. <laughs> this is that's Scrimba. Yeah. <laughs> because they're sort of integrated into one another, you can sort of watch the video and code into the same thing. So that helped me pick up Tailwind quickly. And I believe Tailwind is has become my favorite styling framework, which I now use to style whatever projects that I'm working on. Also, finding out that there was a community on Scrimba was super great because now I find another community of people who are learning and are in the same space as I am. Did you complete 100 days of code in the end? Yes, yes, I did complete 100 days of code in the end. Oh, congrats. Uh, it did take some time. Did you sort of do it in 100 days in a row or did you take some breaks here and there? I sometimes see people wondering if it's like 100 days of code in a row or just 100 days of code and you can take breaks. I wouldn't say that I did it 100% in a row because there, there were some days when it was just too hard and I probably post the post like at midnight. So like for, it was for the previous day, but I wouldn't advise it for personally. I see the best way would be to, to take some breaks because it sort of gives you some time to go over what you've learned the past days so that you're not like learning too much things at once and eventually forgetting everything. So it's sort of also healthy to take breaks as well. Going in a row can be pretty hard even mentally for you to be able to focus. So I'd say take some breaks like probably on the weekends. 100 Days of Code wasn't as popular when I learned to code, but I really like the idea of getting 100 GitHub commits in a row, right? So you have the green blocks in your profile. And I had the same experience. Like I did it all in a row, but some days it was like 11.50 at night and I was like, oh no, I have to quickly, you know, do something. So I'd log in and like fix a typo or something. <laughs> Do you think that learning to code in and of itself is a skill? I'm wondering if there's any advice you can share with people listening based on your experience. Yeah, I think yeah, with experience, it definitely does get better with learning to code because I guess before when I was starting to code, I, was, I would specifically look for beginner tutorials for, for example, React or something. But nowadays, it's more of... Uh, when you're learning to code, you sort of relate it with what you've learned in the other uh, languages or frameworks because the logic is similar, but the syntax may be different. For example, there's a project that we're working on that uses Vue and Nuxt.js. My approach to learning it was, you know, reading through the documentations because some of these open source projects, a lot of the times have good written documentations that you can go through and sort of understand. And I guess with experience, you're also able to understand the docs better as you read. I don't think a year ago I would have started reading docs and understood anything at all. So progressing on, it does help to read documentations. But then one other way I've found that effectively helps me to learn and understand new stuff is building projects because you learn by doing. So you're able to implement what you've learned or what you've read and you're able to see the changes and you're able to see the errors that could come across when you're doing it in a particular way. And it prompts you to do more research about what you're doing. Yeah, so building projects is another way that I've found that helps me to learn stuff. How did you decide what kind of projects to build? When you're first starting out, it's quite straightforward, at least to follow a tutorial. It's quite clear what the outcome is going to be. But actually building your own projects is a skill as you have to 
to think about what frameworks and technologies you're going to use and most importantly how you bring them all together to actually build an app or a website or, or whatever. If I'm using like a project to learn a framework or a language I think the basic one that I'd go with is like a to-do app so like if I can create a to-do app in React I can also maybe try to understand how I'd create one in Nuxt or, or Vue or even maybe a weather app because those are pretty easy to sort of get started. And it's also easier to find people who've built tutorials or come across problems when doing a similar thing. So I'd suggest maybe going for simple projects, then after at least understanding how the whole logic behind how that app was built, then you can sort of, I guess, start to progress to more difficult projects or that, that you can learn from such as build, building a portfolio or something. Coming up, how Ineza stood out by recording a selfie video introduction. Hi, hello. Um, so my name is Ineza. The reason you should hire me. But first, I'd like to please ask that if you're enjoying this episode of the Scrimba podcast, that you do us at Scrimba a favor and share it with your friends in your community, such as on Discord or on social media like on Twitter. Word of mouth is the single best way to support a podcast that you like, so thanks in advance. Next week, I'm talking with Ian Douglas, a senior developer and very experienced interviewer and interviewee. In recent months, he interviewed at various companies like Amazon and wrote in public on LinkedIn about each experience for us to learn from. Part of building up the whole uh, tech interview guide was just to provide my perspectives of being in the industry for almost 26 years, having been an engineering manager and doing lots of real interviews looking at somewhere between 12 and 15,000 resumes and CVs over my career. And then having left my last role gave a little bit of fresh perspective on what the interview process is like now. This episode is going to be a sort of condensed version of what Ian learned, as well as his best advice for new developers and people breaking into tech. If that sounds interesting, remember to subscribe in your podcast app of choice, be that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, whatever. This way, you won't miss it and you'll support the show. Back to the interview with Ineza. Did you build a portfolio and you know have some projects and things as part of your journey? Yes, I think I built my first portfolio in the bootcamp because it was one of the projects that were given. But then we built the portfolio using HTML, CSS and JavaScript. But as time went on, I, I didn't feel quite satisfied with how it looked. So I decided to rebuild it from scratch using frameworks. I used Next.js and Tailwind CSS. Those are currently my favorite stacks to work with. It's currently hosted on Ineza.codes and it took some time to sort of understand uh, what to put and what not to put. But I, I basically focused on putting the essentials like uh, showcasing the work that I've done in open source and uh, the articles I've written. I sometimes try to write, though I've not been as consistent lately. But yeah, writing articles is one of the other ways that I've found that helped me to sort of learn and, and understand the different stacks that I work with. It looks amazing. It's even got like a light and dark mode. And um, I mean, you've not just written a couple of posts. You've written quite a few and they look fascinating, like implementing Stripe in your Gatsby timeship. I have to say, I don't know what Gatsby timeship is, but it sounds very interesting. So let me link it in the show notes for people to check out and hopefully it will give them some inspiration when you were feeling a bit more confident and ready to start applying for jobs like how did you approach it and when did you find this opportunity like how did it come about 
I think I started applying for jobs last year after completing the bootcamp. Though, of course, I was met with, you know, a ton of rejection emails. And of course, most of them stated the fact that they found a, a more suitable candidate. So I basically kept on applying and my strategy at looking for jobs was at least having knowledge in a good percentage of the criteria that is listed in the job description. I was looking mostly on LinkedIn. There also used to be a job section on Stack Overflow, but it was recently removed. Yeah, and also Indeed. Indeed is also another great site to look for jobs. My approach at, at looking for jobs was which I actually learned from one of the videos with tech recruiters that Leanne hosted. It was basically that you don't need to like understand everything listed out in the job description, but just having a good overview or understanding of at least a good percentage of the stacks listed can help you to at least get into the company. Because at the same time, if you find yourself understanding almost everything could also mean that you're probably overqualified for the job. <laughs> I applied to, I guess, a lot of jobs. I, I probably lost count of how many I applied to. Were you writing like a cover letter for each of them or was it just the easy apply sort of way? Yes, some of them I did write cover letters and uh, others, they only probably required like your portfolio and your resume and that was it. This year, I, I applied to my current company and surprisingly, they responded sooner than I expected, asking me to do a, a video introduction of myself, which, which I hadn't seen in, in the other jobs that I was applying to. So basically, I had to record a video of myself telling them about why they should hire me and what's one of the best things that I've accomplished that I'm proud about. Hi, hello. Um, so my name is Ineza. So the first question asks, why should we hire you? If I remember so well, I think one of the reasons I gave why they should hire me was because uh, I think my aspirations were sort of uh, in line with their company's missions. And I also expressed my knowledge in the stacks that they were using. And I also admitted that, you know, even those that I might not know well, I am, you know, quite ready to learn and, and improve my skills in them. Do you have some idea about why this company wanted to speak to you? Was it like a different way you applied? Or do you think maybe you were just like really well suited for the role like your skills matched the job description um, another idea I had is maybe they um, were a bit more open to inviting people to submit a video and then once they saw you on the video they were like oh yeah Inaza this guy seems cool and knowledgeable and you know like he wants to learn and continue growing yeah, I, I definitely think the portfolio the in your resume yes I did submit a resume. But of course, I guess another thing that they wanted to know was sort of your personality and how well you can express yourself and your goals. And I think I managed to do that through the videos. And that gave me like the, the edge so that I'll, I'll be sort of, you know, called to the next round. So the videos definitely did play a big role because it is, I think it's the, probably the first time I've seen it in or not the first time, but very few companies do this. And those that do, they basically want to know more about your personality and how well you can express yourself and, you know, trying to align your goals with their mission and the projects they work on. They're just, you know, trying to see whether you'd be the suitable candidate for the role. It makes sense. And I think working remotely, it's also quite good just to see that they um, are comfortable on camera and you maybe have the right sort of communication to have a good chance of success going forward. Just quickly, before we go too much further, what is the company exactly? The company is called Relevant Bits. It's a Canadian company. We all work remotely uh, with developers and other team members working in many different countries. 
So our company basically focuses on uh, developing applications for clients. We also build our own in-house applications. My role at the company is a full-stack engineer, so I'll be mostly interacting with the team to fix bugs or create features in some of the applications for the projects that we are doing. It sounds amazing, and congratulations again. Thank you. Yeah, and also the company is, is quite small, so we're not like a huge company. I, I sort of like it because we're sort of able to, to sort of meet with, with each other and get to know each other quite well. That's the plus. <laughs> Was the job interview process challenging after you sent the video? After sending the video, the next step was to meet the CEO and the CTO. I would say it was sort of, um, it wasn't as challenging, but it needed me to be sort of aware of, of what I know and, and express it in the best way possible. The first couple of minutes were based on basically trying to have a more casual conversation and trying to know basically who I am and, and my history and background in, in coding. The other session was now focused on my technical knowledge. It wasn't a technical interview where I'm asked to live code or anything, but it was more of a discussion into my thinking and what goes behind the decisions that I make when I'm creating applications, how I, I would go about certain things. Or, for example, I remember one of the questions I was asked was, what is my favorite thing about uh, React and what don't I like about React? And there are also other questions trying to, to sort of understand how basically I go about creating applications, testing, and all of that. And so how has it been now that you're like on the job? Like, have you had a good onboarding experience and are you enjoying the projects? The onboarding experience was great. The first two days was sort of me trying to sort of integrate myself into their code base, understand the applications and, you know, everything that is going on. And of course... You know, starting out, it, it may feel overwhelming, but, you know, I, I'm sort of glad that, you know, as the days go by, I'm sort of slowly, uh, you know, coming to understand everything and I'm able to at least complete all some tasks. The team as well is amazing. It's an incredible team to work with. We, we talk about, you know, a lot of stuff, for example, music. I was glad the other day to find out that my CTO is actually an, a lover of electronic dance music, which I'm also into. And he also, he's also a, a coffee enthusiast. So these are, you know, some things that we talk about that it just makes the chat super lively and, and fun. 100%. I mean, you will spend so much time together, right? Like, it's obviously good to be good collaborators. But if you can have something of like a good rapport and some things in common, that's really promising too. I'm really happy for you. And I'm sure it must be quite a proud feeling because you started your journey many years ago, really, while you were in school. And then you did the boot camp, then a bit of scrimber. You know, for all the struggles and challenges along the way, you're exactly where you're meant to be now, right? And that's really exciting. I'm just wondering, like, what are some of the challenges that you experienced back then that maybe someone listening is like suffering from too? I guess beginning coding was one of the particular challenges that I faced was staying consistent because at sometimes you can start this language and then it becomes tough. Then you decide to switch to, to Python and then at some point it becomes tough. Then you switch to something else. So staying consistent with one, one thing is something that I struggled with before I eventually, you know, decided to stick on one route. You'll see so many tutorials about, you know, so many cool apps that you could create and you sort of di divert your attention to that and trying to stay consistent with what I'm learning and also trying to do it on the daily was where my, my biggest challenges were. 
But I believe when I started the 100 days of code, it made me stick to JavaScript. And, you know, from sticking with JavaScript, it made me eventually to go deeper into web development. One thing I can say is, you know, find something and that you want to do and, and focus on that one thing instead of trying to build general knowledge about, you know, all programming languages that you come across. You know, when it seems hard, always continue striving to, to become better and continue building more projects. Just to kind of wrap up, I was wondering if you had any sort of closing advice or thoughts you can share with really somebody who is in the position you were in um, in the last couple of years, learning to code and trying to find their first tech job? Getting your first job is definitely not going to be easy, especially coming from a, a self-taught background. A lot of tech recruiters would see that, you know, you probably don't have a degree or something and uh, that you lack the experience or something. Uh, but then I guess we also have a new side of recruiters who are actually looking to hire people who came from boot camps or self-taught backgrounds because they know these, these people can be experienced as well. What I can advise is, you know, never give up applying, keep applying, even though you feel that you may not, you know, match most of the qualifications required for the job. You should just apply anyway, and they'll probably reach out to you with an exercise or, or an interview, like it happened in my case. And also documenting what you learn is probably one of the advices that I was given, which, which led to my articles. I got that advice, I think, from one of my mentors whom I met through Twitter in the 100 Days of Code Challenge. So he advised me that, I guess, one thing that you could sort of do for me in return to how I have helped you is to document your knowledge or what you learn because it sort of helps the people who are upcoming in, in learning to be able to learn from your experience and become better developers. Documenting what you learn or writing articles can sort of help to strengthen what you've learned and yeah, and you'll be able to pick up uh, things much quicker. Wow, that is tremendous advice. And um, you mentioned you were part of the like Scrimba community and even 100 Days of Code, some people consider like a sub community on Twitter. I'm just wondering, like, what was your experience like with community? Like, did it help you find success? Yes, definitely. When you're starting out, you usually sort of feel alone and uh, you don't know who to ask because, for example, if you post a question on Stack Overflow, it will probably take some time before someone comes across it and decides to answer it. And sometimes it may be misleading and it will take some other time before someone comes to correct it. But then on Scrimba, when I joined Scrimba on Discord, I realized that it's sort of a community where, you know, it's live and it's active. There are like different sections on the channel where people can ask different questions, you know, from HTML to JavaScript. And, you know, we're all learning and it's super fun and uh, I guess easy to get help. It sort of creates um, an atmosphere for people to be able to learn well and, and not feel guilty for asking certain questions because it will make them look stupid or dumb or something. The community on Scrimba is definitely a, a great place for people to, to learn from. Is it cool and motivating to see people post when they get jobs and they get hired? Um, I just think, by the way, it's really cool that when you got the job, you came to the I Got Hired channel and like you sharing your story and success motivates more people. And when they get motivated, they get successful and eventually they post in the I Got Hired channel. And it's like this really cool sort of loop. Yes, yes, definitely. Like I, I, I also used to feel the same way before I got my job when I was still getting the rejection. 
and I would watch people post in the channel and, and I'll sort of, you know, stay motivated because, you know, I know one day it will definitely be my turn. Yeah. Posting on that channel, it was sort of an achievement, I guess. It it sort of did make me happy. So to anyone else who is listening there, yeah, I'd probably advise you to keep pushing and you know, definitely one day we'd love to also hear your story in the I Got Hired channel. And who knows, maybe even the Scrimba podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Ineza, thank you so much and congratulations again. That was Ineza, a bootcamp graduate and successful Scrimba student. Thank you for listening. If you've made it this far in the episode, you might want to subscribe to the pod for more helpful and uplifting episodes with recently hired juniors and industry experts alike. As a reminder, I'm speaking with Ian Douglas from Postman next week in what will be episode 58 of the weekly Scrimba podcast. You can also tweet me, your host, Alex Booker, and share what lessons you learned from the episode so I can thank you personally for tuning in. My Twitter handle, along with Scrimba's, is in the show notes. I will see you next week.